1: What's up, familia? We have a very special episode of power of X-Men today. We have two new guests that we've never had on the podcast before. I am so excited to have them. I mean, we've already been talking for like 10 minutes and we haven't hit record yet. Scott, who's our first guest today? Our first guest is Jordan
2: Blaza Olson, aka the girl with a great smile, who's a cosplayer known for large builds like Gundam and uh, Hellfire Gala Hella that have been featured across cosplay media. She uses her cosplay as art therapy to help with mental and emotional health, coping with anxiety and grief, and finding joy.
1: Jordan,
0: we're so Hi. excited to have you. Oh my hey, God. Hey, I'm here.
1: <laughs> Our next guest is Colby Melvin who is most known for being an underwear model. Shut the fuck up, an underwear model. I fucking love that. LGBT activist, love that even more. He took up sewing as a creative outlet, but soon discovered what he wanted to make more than anything was street-ready clothes that make you feel like a superhero. Though new to the cosplay community, he has been making costumes for over a decade. Please welcome Colby. Hi, so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you both. We've obviously met before because we did the Hellfire Gala walk at Wondercon which feels like a million years ago as we were just discussing.
0: <laughs> yes, it was a lifetime ago in LA. It has it's been
3: a busy be- busy year.
0: Yeah. We can't- can you remind
1: me again, because we've talked about the Hellfire Gala Walk on this podcast, but we've never really done a deep dive into its origins, how it came about. And I know we were kind of talking about that before we hit record. So-
0: origin story. <laughs> so give us like the
1: one shot origin story right now on the Hellfire Gala Walk.
0: We were at White Party in Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. we go back. We go back over 10 years.
0: <laughs> Actually, it started... Way before that, it was around 2013 when Kobe and I met in West Hollywood. We used to work in the club scene, and uh, as hosts in the club scene, there were different themes. And one of the themes was With
3: the T, not just hoes, just, yeah. just to clarify.
0: <laughs> well, I'd argue. <laughs> not professionally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the themes was uh, X Men. And I remember seeing Colby with a couple of other friends, body painted. And I was like, oh, I'm jealous. So then a, a year later, um, I ended up in one of the clubs hosting. And my first uh, cosplay was Psylocke. But it was a, a hoey Psylocke. Because, <laughs> you know, club Wait, scene.
1: what does a hoey Psylocke look like?
3: <laughs> Imagine the costumes. Subtract 75% of the fabric
1: <laughs> and the <you're laughs> <in. laughs> Wait, but yeah. does she have her Crimson Dawn mark on her eye? Does Hoey Psylocke no. have the Crimson Dawn Silock? I, I
0: had a janky uh a power thing and it was like <laughs> pointless. It was pointless. <laughs> oh, but that's where she... we started and then we picked up a conversation 10 years later in Palm Springs. Yeah. Do you remember, Colby, Palm Springs? Yeah,
3: so I had just gone through a breakup recently, and I was out there, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this life, let's get it. And then just talking about having, you know, a good time. I, I've always loved making costumes. I've always loved, you know, superheroes. And, you know, it's in growing up, I was a theater kid. So, you know, living in this fantasy world has just kind of been my default for a really long time. Uh, so we were just talking about how fun it would be because, um, I've been sober for, four or five years now and you know when i got sober i was you know like what am i gonna do with my time what what do i want to do i've always enjoyed sewing i love crafting in general anything crafting um so we got to talking about cosplay and you know looking at uh some of the stuff that she made it was just so cool we actually used some of it for our costumes at white party and then that's right. uh, started talking about uh doing one together uh and then it just kind of snowballed mm-hmm. a few months later to, you know, yeah. a full-on fashion show production at LA Comic Con.
0: Yeah, it was like, um, so when when we were talking about it, we just wanted to make stuff to wear. But then um, a, a couple of months after that, I saw Michelle, who I met the previous year in Vegas Unicorn. Um, and she was wearing her Emma uh, cosplay, and and so I messaged her like, "When did this happen?" So it was San Diego Comic Con, I believe. So I continued the conversation with her, and she and I basically like the the snowballing of ideas. It just built one on top of the other, and I just can't do anything simple. So uh, it became a whole <laughs> show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it it doesn't even just become a whole show because I hosted the WonderCon. So I the saw firsthand one. the second one. I saw nice. firsthand that everyone just stops what they're doing and they look. And you guys literally have it's like fashion week. You have a press like group at the end of the runway. And you guys plan this out so meticulously. You're so organized. You're so incredibly thoughtful on it. And it's just a sight to behold. Scott, have you seen the Hellfire Gala walk IRL? See, this is what happens when you let a queer person touch something. Good <laughs> <things>. <laughs>
2: Um, I did not see it in real life because I am an East Coast person. So uh, right. I was, was not out there for either of those cons, but I've seen it online and it's super impressive.
0: Yeah, the impact we didn't realize um, on the first walk. We were being live streamed, but we didn't really think about it. Uh, what we wanted to do was to, just to be able to show our love for the X-Men and Marvel uh, universes through cosplay. And uh turns out that there's a lot more people than we initially thought who are really into it. So that's what I mean by just kind of got bigger and bigger so now we're going you
3: know with you know the existence of the mutants in the comics and what they represent and why so many people identify with it and the opportunity to not only bring a character to life but a full experience with other people who are super into it, super creative. You're going to be in this experience of people that are all there to bring this to life. And it's that feeling of all of these people that are just so passionate about crafting and just acceptance and just happy to be there together and supporting art and creativity and love. It just was unlike anything else you can imagine.
1: Well, it's it, it stemming from such beautiful places and just knowing you guys, I know the journey you guys have had personally, and Cobalt, you just mentioned that this was a way to help cope with your sobriety, cosplaying. And Jordan, it's how you you know, kind of process your grief and your anxiety. Yeah. How has cosplaying really elevated your fandom, especially when considering that there are outlets for much larger life problems?
0: Yeah, that's my Oprah um,
1: question right there. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm done after that. That's the Emmy question. <laughs> that's it. Th- this is a soundbite for the episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, something I realized. So, I I'm also one of the creatives. Ever since I was a kid, I love playing dress up, and it was, really was an escape from whatever was going on without me fully understanding what I was escaping from. So in 2017, sadly, my husband passed away. And one of the things that I leaned on was the my creative art, creating costumes, telling stories through costumes. And I didn't realize this until a few years later that the first few characters that I cosplayed had something to do with dealing with death. Uh, Sophitia from Soul Calibur, Cloud Strife, who was living in strife because of his guilt of everyone he loved, died basically. And then when I was becoming more empowered, I realized that I was making giant props. Like one of the things that I built is this nine foot long cyberpunk railgun. And uh, my therapist, this is my last session before he moved to another office. Um, he said, do you see a connection about your growth, uh, in getting stronger in dealing with grief and the, uh, cost base that you're making? And I didn't realize it until then that really when you're doing something intentional, uh, to, uh, kind of, it's, it's really like meditation. You get in a zone. And then when you're done working on a project or something and you feel, huh, that is therapy. So that's how I've been approaching uh, therapy and dealing with grief. And now I'm realizing since my reintroduction to X-Men, there's this joy that I'm feeling. And it is me embracing my inner child, nurturing the inner child, all the missed things in my childhood I get to do now. And that's why I'm so obsessed with Making stuff, (laughs) (laughs) laundry hair, yes, 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 and um... (laughs) oh my god,
1: that's so So, good!
0: Really, amazing baby, yeah, amazing baby there. Yeah, so it's like um, things that uh, just bring me joy. Now I'm looking for that, and X Men has so many characters that you just find something that you connect with. Um, So that's the, that's the fun that I'm doing now. It's, it's not quite dealing with grief because I've dealt with grief, but now finding the joy while flowing with grief. I know it's a little deep,
1: but hey, that's what X-Men is about. That that 100%, I, this is why I think the X-Men survive as an IP, why it speaks to so many of us is that, there's so much layers to these characters, and we're able to bond with them um, so yeah. much. What about you, Colby?
3: Yeah, you know, I think with the X-Men, they really represent the full spectrum of every color, shape, size, with you know, for so long traditional media and everything showing, you know, just a, a very standard, heteronormative nuclear, you know, husband-wife, father-son family, and the the X-Men literally every, every color under the sun, you, you can find yourself in, in someone there. Um, for me, so growing up, uh, like I said, I was a theater kid. I, I not an ounce of masculinity to be found, you know, through high school and all of this business. And, uh, it, it, it was, it was a struggle because I grew up in a very conservative area and for so long, I refused to let myself accept that I was gay. Like I, I told myself it, it was not an option. And it, it, it was a lot of this, this hiding and this Jesus guilt of just refusing to let that part of my life exist. And then whenever I finally did, it wasn't until 2010 uh, the very end of 2010 and then just like something took over in me and it's like I it's my mutant power of just like my my queer identity just coming out and just like looking back seeing how much of my life blossomed whenever you know I accepted my own mutant gene if you will um then that that's forward- deep. <laughs> I know that's so deep <laughs> well you know fast forward years later and you know wanting to feel these things is great but um i was living in west hollywood i was modeling i was go-go dancing but i wanted a hobby i wanted something to do um a very good friend of mine he calls himself my my other dad marco marco is a designer uh does for the drag queens did britney show in vegas all of this stuff So I'm sitting there teaching myself on YouTube, and then him and a bunch of other friends are coming over at 4 a.m. after the bars. I've just go-go (laughs) dance for five hours. Now it's, you know, 4.30 in the morning, and with this hand, he's teaching me to sew, and with this hand, he's sketching out Ketch's red carpet dress. So, you know, this is, you know, me getting thrown into the fire of sewing and everything. Um, actually, yeah. And this is, you know, one of my things I, I, I say, call that's my, cute. my style is very juvenile sophistication. It's <laughs> like all the clothes you would have worn in kindergarten, but want to wear now and, as an adult. That's, that's it. I, I want, I want, I want people to feel happiness and joy. Um, but literally, I mean, even so I started bodybuilding. I, you know, do all of that. My, my goal from the beginning was to be an anatomically correct GI Joe.
1: That was the goal. And you won one of the one of the I did
0: bodybuilding.
3: I I, my first competition uh was just a little over a year ago. I did.
0: Yeah. And you know
3: what? It's that's that's the kind of satisfaction that I can it takes months and months of dedication and diet and everything. And at the end you step up on that stage and you have something to show for it. That feeling is the same feeling you get at the hellfire golly you work on this costume for months and months and at the end of the day you have something to show for it you said i created this i did this my my unique self this i brought into the world and being able to be there in a crowd of people that are willing to engage and embrace and just how amazing is that
0: yeah
1: i wow i we, we've had so many cosplayers on the podcast scott is a cosplayer and hearing you guys speak about cosplay just puts such a smile on my face and every time i feel like i talk to different cosplayers from all walks of life you guys just your perspective on cosplaying is just so incredibly beautiful and i and i love that idea that it's about creating something and bringing it into the world and for some it's helping them cope with loss grief and anxiety others it's boosting confidence it's just incredibly beautiful and it's an honor to be speaking with you guys. That's it. Sorry. I'm going to throw it over to Scott. Yeah. Now I'm going to get emotional. Jesus.
2: You, you never tell me it's an honor to speak to me, Paul.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's true. I'm pretty sure last time we hung out last weekend at FlameCon, I was like, fuck you. I hate you. drunk.
2: <laughs> pretty much.
1: Uh,
2: well, you know, on that that's nice to segue into our next question. Um. So what would you guys say is like your favorite cosplay that you've done
0: oh. Uh
3: okay i i think mine simply because it's the first time that i ever made something and felt like a, a character i used to host out on the mountain at six flags in la um so i would you know make outfits in the first year i made a nightwing but like a gay nightwing <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, he had a crop. Nightwing. He had, yeah, I <laughs> had the like leggings with the mesh built in, and I had the mask and the light like, hat. So it was like, it Nightwing gay going to a circuit party almost. But of course, they have the Batmobile there. So you know, it's the middle of the night. Being able to like get all dressed up and do this, and like go over there and actually pose with the Batmobile. That that was a pretty cool, pretty cool moment.
0: That's
1: hot as fuck. I love that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, what else? What else would you do when you're wearing mesh? You know, be I out mean, at night.
1: <laughs> I mean, a night Dick Grayson at a circuit <clears throat> party is definitely a vibe right. and a mini that you need to <laughs> DC right now.
3: <laughs> Just a little black sleeveless crop top with the little uh, Nightwing logo. I'll find some pictures.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, when was that? But yeah, um, so mine would be a. I have a bunch, but I, I'd go to my recent one, um, Rachel Summers. Uh,
1: oh, my God. The amount of D- <laughs> We posted that on the Power of X-Men Instagram feed. The amount of DMs, Jordan. Yeah. So, oh, my God.
0: Hey, you know what? Forward the DMs to me. <laughs> I would like, Jordan's over there like, oh, me. <laughs> oh, me. No way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> what I love about it, it's it's so it's so not me. Uh, um, her character. So there's two. There were two reference pictures that I was looking at. One is the the one that's uh, drawn by uh, Daughterman and then the other one in the comic book where she's wearing very loose uh like pajamas and cardigan and she's trying to tell the uh uh amazing baby to poop so I was like which of these two am I gonna cosplay <laughs> so I went for the one that doesn't allow me to breathe doesn't allow me to move uh and makes squeaky sounds <laughs> so um but it was so much fun to to make that because it's um it's my reawakening that I'm still human. I have feelings. I want to feel. I want to hear. I want to touch. Um, I want to be touched. Uh, but I also don't have a gaydar, so I'm always barking in the wrong tree. So, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> we'll talk. But um, it was such a, it was such an amazing departure to my everyday quiet life the vibrant red and the spikes it's just demanding look at me but don't get too close so that's where i'm at personally um i've therapized myself after i made that i'm like why did i make this it's, <laughs> that, it's i that. mean
1: rachel summers is the epitome <laughs> of like needy so like good. some therapy given her history Hi. with her parents <laughs> So imagine that. Um, I love that. I mean, it's magnetic. I love it so much. Like it, it, it. Seriously, it's for Rachel. It's like it was this McQueen look, and it just exploded all over the internet. And you brought it to life. It's gorgeous.
0: Thank you. It was fun. It was fun.
1: <laughs> so, what was the first? Wait, do we we already asked that question? I'm sorry. Let me boom. So, what is who is your favorite X man?
0: Uh, oh,
3: so. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna be cliche, but Wolverine being just a like short, stocky, feral man, like I grew up in the <laughs> swamps of Louisiana, I'm five seven, and you're just a little meatball. So I personally <laughs> identify with that. However, I do wish that the male X-Men would take some tips in outfits from the women. <laughs> because they need to slut it up some. So, <laughs> I would have to say Storm is the utmost yeah. like icon.
0: Yeah. I I would say the same uh, with Storm. Um for me when I first saw her in the original um animated uh, uh series I remember it was around the time that I was uh, performing in drag in one of the clubs in West Hollywood in the 90s. And I remember just the wind blowing, the the drama. There I am again with the drama. I've always had drama. I love curtains. I love fabric. I love wind. Um, And so when I first saw her flying in the air, I'm like, I want to be that she's yeah. powerful she controls what people cannot see you only see it after she controls it so i kind of wanted to uh relate that and someday i'll I'll make a storm costume i have an i, I have an idea i have a plan um it's the it, it's the one where she uh was wielding uh, one of thor's hammers
1: mm. oh yeah when she yeah. was uh when she was thor oh my gosh especially yes. that's <laughs> the art adams design which is gorgeous yeah.
0: It's outrageous. I
1: love it. Oh, my God. You would absolutely slay that look.
3: (laughs) I have to say what's amazing about Storm is not only is she like a commanding leader, it's whenever she's up there and she's like, I'm speaking, everyone. Is silent. It's not like a group of powerful experts. Storm is like, I'm here. It's <laughs> it's like the Beyonce moment, the Oprah okay. moment, just this strong, powerful Black woman that doesn't have yeah. to yell. She doesn't have to. She says one word and she instantly commands respect. And okay. I mean, how amazing at the time back then to showcase, you know, something that you're not getting on any other form of
1: media out yeah. there. Which is so outrageous to me. We've had people on the podcast before who've worked on X-Men, the anime series, who've done the movies, and their response has always been like, Storm, exactly what you just said, but they never knew what to do with her. And I'm like, how can you not write such a good plot for someone like that? All she has to do is enter the room, exactly what you just said. She doesn't have to scream at all. She doesn't have to do anything to get anyone's attention. And again, to what Jordan was saying, she controls the things that people do not see. And it is to have that level of presence i i am so excited for her in x-men 97 i am so excited mm-hmm. for her entering the mcu i love her in the comics i'm glad she was at the hellfire gala <laughs> this year I'm so, glad she was- <laughs> uh, so,
0: uh, can i ask a question yeah.
1: yeah was
0: she just on a date <laughs> <laughs> was she was she on a date with the nasa guy because what she was wearing if that was just for a date I can't even imagine what she would have worn for the gala.
1: <laughs> I so her first gala look for that the first year in 2021. I love that and the Soul Regent where they announced her as being Soul Regent uh-huh. and what they did with her hair. Now yeah. it being a cloud, absolutely adore. I, mean,
0: that was, a
3: that I think war. that you know they got the civil war. Going <laughs> There's a civil on. war going She's on. Oh, you know
0: the side. civil She's war thing. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. She has an excuse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's here like, I'm not going to a fucking party. I have a civil war happening right now. (laughs) So
0: nobody, well, not nobody died, but um, speaking of the Hellfire Gala, at first I kind of had an idea something bad was going to happen because that's what people were saying. But then when I finally read it, I made the mistake of reading it at night right before I went to sleep and I'm turning the pages and then suddenly it's like oh dazzler is split in half (laughs) I'm like this can't be it and I just kept reading and I'm like this this cannot be it so now that I've been able to go back to uh to you know a couple of the stories and also a couple of the panels, the 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 some of the descriptions. Because Kobe texted me like, "Did you really push them into the meat grinder?" I'm like, "Meat grinder, what?" <laughs> to <meat> her <grinder?" laughs> so freaking out, I'm like, "No, I don't think so." I'm like, I
3: "But Charles can't feel them, so where are they? What what is going on?" Like, God I was emotionally a- disturbed, like for hours. I was like.
1: I'm not okay. <laughs> I Scott has I'm a perfect teach him response something? to this. By the way, why why couldn't Xavier feel them? Why did he assume they were in a meat grinder? Oh, uh, is he stupid? I mean, <laughs> it, it, no, you said the best thing the other day. You're like because if Xavier's dream doesn't get realized, or if his plan fails, they can't be elsewhere. They have to be dead.
2: Yeah, everybody's got to be dead, because I can't Uh, sense. Oh, so Uh, Hubris. Because everyone
1: else, everyone else, Emma, Madeline, are all like, Charles, relax. We would have sensed all these mutants dying. They're not dead, they're just somewhere else. But there he is on Krakoa with his, like, beard grown out, having his fucking (laughs) moment. Tears everywhere, it's like... We get it, bitch. Like, you're Good feeling sorry for something. Like, fucking yeah. drama queen. But it, it, And I initially didn't like that because I thought the ending of the Hellfire Gala, that was too quick. I was like, why is he yeah. saying they're all dead? And then banishing Roe, go avenge us. But then, Scott, you framed it. Again, you framed it for me. It was kind of like that aha moment is that he's so egotistical that yeah. if he, if surely Charles Xavier cannot sense these mutants, they mm-hmm. must just therefore be dead. That's Everybody's it. No other dead. excuse. Yeah. And I love moments in comics
3: like this where they write the characters in a way that make them more human. Because, you know, for so long, uh, Charles has been, you know, so this very, very, like, pious sort of leader of the mutant resistance. And, you know, actually showing the, okay, no, actually, that runs so deep that he's blinded hmm. by his own you know, probably narcissism that a man that preaches so much about teamwork that it's he treats a lot of them like sacrifices and, and just sort of minions more so than the father he likes to portray himself as.
0: That's that's interesting. You said uh, you love them being portrayed as also with human characteristics because in the is it the immortal X Men the one where uh, it. We're not spoiling anything here, right? Don't worry, no, they, they no. know too. Oh, oh okay. He okay. bought
1: <laughs> <on> home, no <know laughs> to expect spoilers here. Okay. They had <laughs> they're,
0: they're, they're in they the desert.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> so they, they're in the desert and now Exodus yeah. is like the new savior, you know, whatever. And then uh, was it Hope? And um, who was she with? Irene, Destiny.
1: Destiny. Yes, yeah. Destiny.
0: And they were like, uh, talking about priorities. So the priority is Food, water, and they're complaining that they're informal wear. And then <laughs> they because they just came from the gala, and then there's. Yeah, and he's then leaving the circuit
3: party at 4 a.m. <laughs> you know what?
1: <laughs> Where's you our dollar slice pizza? <laughs> right.
0: No, bacon wrapped hot dog actually. from LA. <laughs> If your Romella is a bacon wrapped hot dog and your oh, your God. friends are passed out on the sidewalk, but you look fabulous, so, <laughs> that's, so that's, what I was, that, that's what that's uh, what one of the humorous things that I found in that just in that panel alone, and they're also being matter of fact, but also kind of shady that some of these mutants are useless, which is like okay, um, you should be kind to your own people, and it 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 just kind of triggered me triggered me a little bit how within the lgbtqi community we cannibalize our own like um 100% yeah. it, it, it it i had a moment of cuz i've been there i was one of those trying to be a mean girl kind of a thing and thinking poorly of other people but that moment i was like oh yeah they're they're still human they just have the mutant gene Well, I
3: think it's also highlighting that not all mutants are a threat, clearly. Like, (laughs) they're helpless. Like, just, you know, (laughs) further illustrating, you know, the absurdity of this fear that Orcus is, you know, really pushing.
0: Well, there was this one girl there in the desert, and she's looking sad, and she had cat ears. And I'm like, what's her power? (laughs) (laughs) She has cat ears. Meow. But then (laughs) again, we don't know right no. we don't know we don't
1: know no it's you know it's really interesting <laughs> to see where the mutants are now i mean they're obviously leaning into a lot of biblical imagery with what's going on with the mutants hope <laughs> you know being the mutant savior in exodus all the seeds that were being planted gene we can assume from the preview pages from gene wanted...
0: is judas
1: oh right 100 what oh my god I can't i'm can't. a even preacher's kid
0: so yeah. she's being portrayed as judas but then she's gonna have a redemption arc later
1: yeah because well she is yeah. yeah yeah but i thought it was really i i love we haven't talked about the firestar subplot beyond <laughs> that we just i i personally love it i don't know where you stand on it scott but i thought it was very beautiful where as gene is dying she's here like mutants have always you've been feared and hated and now angelica they're going to be fear and hating you so you had to be ready for it and that last scene where rogue is like firestar sleep you know with one eye open sugar I, first of all i just heard lenore zand's voice in there but 2 i'm like wow people are misreading it like rogue wants to come after firestar kitty or kate or shadow cat with a k which is the most ridiculous name <laughs> ever it's now coming after firestar and firestar really needs to step up for the first time. I mean, I'm glad she won that vote. And they're putting her to good use now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, Are even Captain thoughts?
3: America saying, no, I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead. Go avenge them. Go. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, even Mr. Boy Scout, you know, of the Avengers is saying, no, I get it. They deserve it. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess th- everybody's got a breaking point. <laughs>
2: I mean, we, I don't think we really talked about Firestar, I was still trying to process the fact that everybody kept sending me the picture of the dupe waiter exploding, and uh, (laughs) I was like, okay, the first time it's funny, and then the second time. But, um, no, like, yeah, I thought it was a really nice character beat uh, to actually see her after, like, a year of people like us making jokes about her being a microwave, um, to actually see her have to step up and, you know, bear all this burden. Well, because
1: historically we do this X-Men vote <clears throat> and it started off with Polaris and Polaris got absolutely no plot in the, uh, you know, the, the, the run. And, and then we got Firestar and nothing really happened with her. And finally, now we do have a plot, but then this last vote, I guess maybe Juggernaut's the one who won. We get conflicting reports
0: <laughs> on who won, but I think it's supposed to be Juggernaut. Speaking of nothing happening, Dazzler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I. First of all,
1: Dazzler (laughs) should not be dead. Dazzler and Sam should be okay.
0: She won't die anyway. She'll come back. She'll come back. Yeah,
1: I mean, listen, we 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 can
0: assume some of the
1: tea we've got in uh, Krakoa. The X Men will endure.
0: The five (laughs) is alive, and Arakko is uh on mother what's her name mother something righteousness
1: mother, mother righteous. Righteous. Yeah.
0: yeah so that's what i want to dig, dig into because she's like suddenly out of nowhere I, I i had no idea where she was
1: i don't get it i don't understand what Same. happened there scott do you she, get it this, because she literally uh, just mother like righteous, she
3: was doctor or mr sinister's
1: yeah victorian so era wife right
3: yeah, Rebecca, she, my my encyclopedia boyfriend over
1: there. <laughs> what's up, encyclopedia boyfriend? She took she what's took like the
2: Atlantic up? half right. of Krakoa.
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, which is where like X Force was based out of, like the Atlantic one, and that might have been where all the mutants ended up, and the desert might be in her her orb.
0: That's why Xavier can't sense them yeah. because they're in another astral plane.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so some of them want uh, other just players. Ones
0: out ones. Words. No, no, <laughs> well, no. I, I mean, understand.
1: Yeah. I just like. I mean, I, I did maybe... not understand that beat in the story. That that part Could of the story. Could they be in
3: limbo? Because what's going on with Madeline Pryor, the Goblin Queen, in this like, you know, frame panel situation? For those who can't see the podcast. Just use your imagination deranged woman and uh uh alien-like figure licking up. She's a not glass. deranged,
0: she's passionate.
1: <laughs> We're huge, she's Maddie passionate. stands here. Yeah, yeah, so where where are they? So I thought they would have been Realm of X is taking place in Vanahim. Is it uh Scott? I was gonna call you Cyclops. <laughs> like, Cyclops um, Scott. <laughs> Yeah, they're,
2: <coughs> some of them, like, they're in world. We saw a Forge and Children of the Vault Forge was somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So not everybody ended up
1: in the desert, in the but desert. it seems like
2: a majority of people are.
1: I don't understand. Again, I need someone on the back end to explain to me because if MODOK hacked the gates and they were able to control it, why are some people, Krakow and Gates, which are just supposed to lead from point A to point B, why are some people ending up here and there
0: I mean, well, I not wonder if it was, was at the party. Well,
3: everybody was using different gates. I wonder yeah. if, if the individual gates were bringing people to different places. And not I,
0: everyone was at the gala. Yeah. Because they didn't have clothes. <laughs> they didn't have clothes. <laughs> they didn't have outfits. Some of them
1: were in Washington Square Park. I saw them going through that Washington Square Park
0: game. <laughs> uh, uh, they yeah. don't. They don't have a jumbo carnation making their outfits. But this is my thing about the gala. I would love. I hope the, the the writers are watching this. I would love a really dingy gala in the underground basement of the old Hellfire Club.
1: Oh, Where I know.
0: Take it, take it to the leather max. Like, make <laughs> it fetish. Oh, I got those coats
3: she was ready.
0: <laughs> I, I know well, he's you ready do. for it. <laughs> I've it's been like,
1: preparing for my
0: whole life at <laughs> this it- moment. Like, the like help our Gala but make it the
1: eagle Awesome. <laughs> right. yep.
0: and and a market days had a baby yeah there you go that's that's the kind of gala I want to see because uh, I also want to see Wolverine and a harness
1: oh yes Logan. wait which Wolverine Logan or Laura
0: yes no <laughs> <what>? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, yeah, I will say a Wolverine outfit I was very, very underwhelming for me personally. Like, just a tuxedo with a, you know, little cowboy, what are those called? The little bolos. rope? Yeah, bolo tie. Wasn't, wasn't a whole lot. Was, I mean, not it's, it's, it's Wolverine, so it's not like he's known for, you know, shopping at Prada. <laughs>
1: But, <laughs> although Prada does some bolos that I love, hey, and I've been hey, trying to try it mean, down. How
3: many years was he rocking yellow and blue suit with a giant face fin mask?
1: I mean, he's he's dramatic.
0: He's dramatic. Sweet. He's got a
1: flair for the drama. <laughs>
0: It's the designer.
1: <laughs> I want to pull on the thread of Madeline Pryor and what's going on over oh. at Dark X Men because we haven't had a chance to discuss that on the podcast yet. And Dark X Men came out just a few days ago, yes. And we're seeing Madeline Pryor finally leading a team, yes. right? She is profoundly affected about what happened to Jean at the Hellfire Gala. She's here, like, I sense Jean's death, but I didn't sense the other mutant's death, and so if they were really dead. I would have felt them. So let's go search for them because that's something Gene would do. And then we discover that Orcus is collecting some mutants. Among them is the real Goblin Queen, which I didn't, I completely forgot about this character until someone mentioned it in our comments, which is Scott, is that supposed to be the Secret Wars Goblin Queen, Madeline Pryor, that was in the all new X Men run from like Bendis's era? Do do you, do you um, remember that they were in Miami and like Scott had like broken his leg and they were like on a road trip and they encountered this secret wars Madeline Pryor. Yeah, I, I try
2: to black out a lot of the bends. That's typically what happens when I go
1: to Florida.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm broke. I mean, listen, I've been there for a year. I cannot I, I have been blacked out for a year living there, so. <laughs> Wait,
0: what what is that storyline? The so, Miami storyline?
1: Yeah, so what happened in uh, after Secret Wars, there was a Madeline Pryor who was on one of those Earths. She came over to this Earth, and then she met up with the all-new X-Men, which was the 05 that had come back from the past, minus Gene. And there was, I forgot how the story resolved itself to be quite frank, frankly. Um, that's
0: a blackout.
1: <laughs> it's a blackout, but the, uh, someone told me in the comments, they were like, Oh, that's a Madeline from all new X-Men. And I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. I, I've completely oh. forgot the character existed because we're now, now a decade later and no one's so, ever bothered but then to follow up on that. Who
3: is in, in the cage with her? Cause it looks like it's got the foot of nightcrawler.
1: Oh no. She has hooves. She's like demonic,
3: but, the, but there's like an alien-looking, f- yeah, like the, figure in there with her. It's she's not see. alone.
2: Yeah, and he's he's got like the Nightcrawler foot. Let's see, yeah, let me open it
1: up. I totally missed that part. It Todd says they're corrupted by magic. <laughs> that, that yeah, Night- it is reminiscent of Limbo magic from the original. Yeah, promo. there
0: you go. Okay. It is
1: reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. But hang on, let me see the ending. Oh, you're right. Wow, I totally missed that. Yeah. I I mean, to be fair, there's
3: a whole lot going on in front of him to to miss that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just assumed it was, like, one of her demons right there. I didn't pay it any mind. dude. And I got the fucking advance on this. I've been sitting on this issue for three weeks, and I still (laughs) hadn't noticed that.
3: Because Nightcrawler went missing when they went to destroy the mother mold, right?
0: And he went on a murdering spree or something like that? But I don't think is that supposed to be that. night?
1: I think that's not supposed yeah. to be our nightcrawler because that, he was there.
2: Our our nightcrawler is becoming Spider Man.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So he's going to be Uncanny Spider Man. So he's fine. And he was at the yeah, okay. Washington Square croco Gate. on the same, Yeah, oh, same resist. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so true. I don't know is, which night. Yeah, there's another just like
3: Madeline. This is uh, Madeline from another Or, or yeah.
1: corrupted another by Earth. magic. Whatever yeah. the yeah.
0: Oh, Limbo and then my crawler did the red triangle thing too.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, the red triangle thing, Jordan. Do you have something to show us?
0: What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please put that on your walk when you do it. <laughs> do you do <have> the <laughs> exhale fire no, walk.
0: I am making. So this this is a plug. I'm gonna make. I think 30 of uh the red triangle, but as fans, because. um I can't do all Mm -hmm. the headbands. I'm going to have 30 of them as fans for the uncanny experience.
1: Oh, I love that. That's going to be incredible. We at At FlameCon, I believe her name was cat actually had stickers of the racist that she was giving out and shout out to her. I want to see if I still have it here. I'm like, Oh, look, I have it right here. Boom.
0: There you go. Like,
1: look at that. (laughs) I love that. It's genius. It's genius. for your next Hellfire Gala Walk, which is in it's gonna be at LA Comic Con. Do I remember that from December two. December two. So you guys, when you're walking down, people have to throw red blood on you, like red paint on you. (laughs) (laughs) Typical Tuesday. We're gonna do do it in post
0: edit. That's a little edit with the resist
1: with the resist headbands on you. We can be there like Fur is murder, or mutants are murder. <laughs> are you guys,
0: it's gonna be—it's it, gonna be a. The majority are gonna be first-time walkers, and um, we have inadvertently formed the five. So the five will be walking um, uh, Hellfire Gala Walk Winter Edition.
1: Oh, I love it! And Beautiful. you guys just closed the application process for that, right? So you'll be yes, making your announcements did. in the coming months, weeks, yeah, whatever your timeline yeah. is.
0: Uh, in the yeah, in the coming months, we'll we'll kind of roll it out because some people eventually drop off, things happen, and we're we're good with that because we want to make sure that those who want to be a part of it really let us know because we kind of don't like running after people because it's a volunteer thing. It's a yeah, volunteer. thing. No yeah. one's
1: getting paid for this. It's right. the second it stops being fun and you have to be chasing people and you have to. It's. It's,
0: it's supposed to scale. be. It's supposed to be playing dressed up. In front of other people with lots of cameras for videos and live stream and podcasts.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to LA Comic Con, but I'm going to be there with like red glitter in this fantasy and just throw it at you. Guys. That's <laughs> it. I'm sorry. I'm not letting go of this. <laughs>
0: that's already shaking his head. Well, no. <laughs> that's, I was telling
3: Jordan, it's, we, might, we might have to
1: do like a little Iron Man and Emma Frost wedding edition. You know
0: what? <laughs> Oh,
1: my God. I would da- Wait. All right. How do you guys feel about the wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost? It's money. Get it? Yeah. It's money. Diamonds. Money. <laughs> you
0: know, it's, oh. <laughs> it's not love. It's, I mean, it's not love for a person. It's love for money. Yeah. We're not- they I mean, have that
3: in common.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean,
1: and it's obviously like a political move to help, you know, Yeah, fix everything that's happening there. But it was something that was foreshadowed a long time ago. And I asked uh, Jerry Dugan about it at Megacon before it had been announced. I was like, since Emma's going to be appearing in Iron Man, are we doing the wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost? Because it had been alluded to in the history of the Marvel Universe when they flash forward. But I think now in retrospect, I think he thought I was asking for spoilers that I knew something other people didn't know. And he gave me kind of like a salty response. And I was like, but I never thought they were going to get married for love. It was going to be something like something was going to go down the Hellfire Gala. Emma is Mm -hmm. she likes to strategize. Her priority is to save her people. And Tony is in a dark place right now. So them coming together, it makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, I and well, uh, and I was talking to Kobe about that is, um, so there might not be a Hellfire Gala next year, but we have that wedding. And then I remember looking at the art uh, for the cover and I'm like, their outfits are not, you know, really that glamorous. But then again, it's Emma's wedding. So mm-hmm. I know people don't want to be overdressed. They don't want to Right, they don't wanna they're not even going to
3: try to make <laughs> it look like they're, yeah. Not I that believe, you can. You now, not that can you really outdo Emma, though.
1: I mean,
0: that's my priorities. It's what are they going to wear? That's my priority. <laughs> well,
1: I, I think you know. So, is there going to be a, another Hellfire Gala next year? I, I don't think they could do another Hellfire I mean, Gala. Like
0: maybe not as glamorous, but maybe I think like has an idea. I think you have an idea.
3: No, you no, have theory. Really in the yeah, maybe no. maybe a, you don't a know what happens in the basement next year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a Chuck E. Cheese or something, less low-key than ripping mutants in half.
0: I won't be opposed if it was in the Hellfire Club. I won't be opposed if it's like a private party and just <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little stuck on leather right now.
1: No, you should be. I mean, we're all Oh, Jordan, you know what? Why we'll don't Why don't list. we
3: both go as dazzler? You'll go as the upper half, and I'll go as the lower.
0: Half. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh my god! And you guys just <laughs>
1: run around,
0: like
1: <laughs> up into each other.
0: <laughs> oh my god why are we laughing
1: because <laughs> she'll be back it's the drama she'll be, back. <laughs> she'll be back so this hellfire gala they had planned for three years so that's something i definitely had known years ago someone was on the yeah. podcast and they kind of gave us some tea and they were like yeah the hellfire gala not this coming one but the following one is one that editorial had planned for years in advance so i'm glad they finally realized it um, yeah. let's see where it goes. I, I think my problem with the Hellfire Gala is that it ages the Marvel universe. This is our third Hellfire Gala. And even though the yeah. X-Men are mortal, the rest of the Marvel universe isn't. So I'm I'm okay if they want to bark up another tree next year, but I think have something fun, like an award ceremony or, you know, a a leather, <laughs> a leather dungeon <laughs> event. Leather <at> festival. In, <laughs> a festival <laughs> at the at the old Hellfire Club in New York. I think that would be. Like doing like a Rubalon, like circuit party, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm sure in the next Pride um, series of books, they're going to have something. But the the outfits, for me, it was like, uh, there's this conflict of, do I really want to celebrate when other people, where other mutants are suffering? But then there's still there's still something that you need to celebrate. You still need to acknowledge accomplishments and things like that. It's just that it, because of it happening in Krakoa, not everyone can go. So it's like elitism in a way. Um, so that's where I'm conflicted. And that's why the our Hellfire Gala walk is for those who already have tickets and they can just watch or they can participate uh for free you know yeah. so other people can enjoy and celebrate
1: I love that you said that I mean that was one thing that did strike me about the Hellfire Gala of the first year I mean when Fabian Cortez was not invited I mean with good <laughs> reason he wasn't invited but I was like oh is this an invite only <clears throat> event like I thought You know, I know it takes place outside of Krakoa, but like I would have thought all of Krakoa would be invited given that the mutants are resurrected naked and all hugging each other. You would think they would also all kiki together.
0: (laughs) Coming out of a golden egg. (laughs) (laughs) All mucousy and stuff.
3: (laughs) I think it probably speaks to, you know, the similar issue that we find like in the LGBT community that when the one common factor that we have is that we're not straight, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we're all alike as mutants just because they have a mutant gene doesn't mean that they're all you know the same and i think that that's probably kind of the 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 class system that they kind of showcase in it is you know a reflection of that
0: it's like it won't go away regardless of who or what you are Mm
3: -hmm.
1: but it's what you do with it right
0: it's so I wanted to ask
1: you guys a question like so you guys mentioned that um, you grew up, you know, reading the X-Men, you know, you saw them, they they spoke so much so highly to you. And then you went away and then you're back. How do you guys feel about Krakoa in general? Because I think right now what we're hearing from the grapevine is that editorial is still kind of a question mark if they want to come back to Krakoa fully or, you know, go back to look like, the way things used to be. And I'm curious what you guys think. As people have come in and out of books, as so many of us have, how do you feel about Krakoa and how it's impacted the X-Men?
3: I I prefer without Krakoa just because what I love most of everything is seeing mutants or really any of the characters interacting with regular people it's one thing when it's all mutants all everything well when everybody's special it Mm -hmm. it takes away from that uniqueness and that's so i enjoy a storyline where you have a lot more of an interaction with you know whether it's just humans or lower life or just something to add those different layers because when everybody's got powers i feel like it kind of takes away from the impact of a lot of things
0: and the way i look at it is um one of the purpose for it is for the medicine for them to cultivate the these cures for humans also so i don't i wouldn't want to live in a place where everyone's the same uh it could be a destination kinda like you know a mutant resort but it doesn't Once have to be Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah that well now they're in a desert so it's gonna be like palm <laughs> we don't we don't know where I, they are what desert. i love
1: palm spring i was just in palm springs last week or two weeks ago i love palm springs so much it's fantastic oh gosh i <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be my you know, informal wear in the desert there i'd be fine no, you're gonna
0: have to be inside but it, it, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a place to isolate the mutants um, it yeah. can be a place that uh, people can pass through or be at maybe to to relax, to recuperate, re-energize. That's why I kept thinking, you know, a Krakoa resort, they already have a beach. But then again, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next now that um, they're not there. But yeah. Xavier is still there, right?
1: Yeah, Xavier's still yeah. in Krakoa. Yeah. Okay.
0: I I don't know how I feel
1: about mm-hmm. it because on like one hand, I think Krakoa... We had seen a Grace on the podcast many years ago, and he was talking about how the mutant metaphor needed to evolve. And I think in the way that Morrison evolved the mutant metaphor, Hickman evolved the mutant metaphor. So I love the idea of this nation that all the X-Men are coming to, and they're trying to create their own thing and their own society. I love that. I think it's really smart, but I don't think it's been properly executed, but I also think Krakoa has revitalized the IP. All eyes were on the X office in 2019 and only until recently have people been like, oh, it's not really working. So my note would be don't go away, but improve what you've already made. Maybe go back and revise it. I think they call it the vomit pass when you just write something and you share it with your team. I feel that a lot of the stories we're getting right now is a vomit pass. Do a first draft, do a second draft, be very thoughtful and, you know, there's no reason why you would have a quiet council with Mystique and Sinister on it. I mean, especially Sinister. He was going to betray you. You were going to get sense of Sinister. And I feel like some of the characters knew that, and yet were still duped by Sinister. No? What do you think, Scott? Well, I mean, you you and I have gone back and forth over
2: yeah. this for a long time, so we're, mm-hmm. we're not going to inflict the full argument on the listeners, but, I mean, you had an American government with people like Henry Kissinger in it, and you know, all these other figures who people were aware were problematic, uh-huh. um, but that's but, the price yeah. of building a nation state is sometimes you have to make compromises with abysmal people. And, you know, my, my whole thing with Krokoa is you spend decades getting told, oh, these people don't, mutants don't belong, mutants are scum, mutants shouldn't be here, and then mutants go form their own nation, and then you get Orcus going, well, you guys still no you got to get off the planet and it's like you have to actually show these people the the closed fist at a certain point <laughs> mm-hmm. because charles kumbaya in the park isn't gonna you know cut
0: the yeah well you you, you touched on something here that that's paralleling our political climate now not to be yeah. political but we're gonna, we're gonna get political for a little bit but we've we've heard it where they by by they I mean um the extremists are saying that LGBTQI people should just you know be in one place. So kind of like what happened with the mutants, they form their own place, and guess what? It's fabulous. And so people are jealous because it's fabulous, and that and then they want to celebrate for it being. It basically uh destroyed and now we're scattered the lgbtq people are leaving the places where they are being persecuted into new places guess what those new places that they move into are going to be fabulous that's where economy is going to go boom not bust but boom and then they're going to go after those communities again so mm-hmm. i've I know that the writers are paying attention to what's happening in politics because there's no way that these are just, you know, creative writing. There's influences. So I'm loving that they're telling a story that people who don't pay attention to the news are getting in other ways through comic books.
1: Which has always been the X-Men sort of bailiwick, right? I mean, even as like, Back as that Fraction's Utopian Run, they introduced Proposition X, which was uh the government not allowing the X Men or mutants to breed mm-hmm. unless you know approved. So it's we can get into well, we got onto it before the- to
0: have fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, no, it's fun. The Mutant Registration Act. I you know the the Legacy Virus. The parallels are there, and we've we've argued the particulars on the podcast. But the X Men, what always kind of like baffles me with people who read the x-men and currently now on the internet would be like oh why why do these books have to be so political the x-men have always been a politically charged ip with you know you can't deny that
0: so now it's why is it so like all these religious undertones because that's what's going on politics and religion are are now doing this right now so there's this miss and not misunderstanding but intentional misinformation out there in the media that's just mm-hmm. scaring a bunch of people off and and really changing with the only out. purpose
3: being distraction not because it's actually an issue is, yeah.
0: is the point. it's to distract and divide
3: yeah.
0: well, um, that's I that's just... what happened with the mutants they're scattered
1: mm-hmm. Just to go back to Madeline Pryor and the theory about what was going on, I just got a comment in from Scott61374 and he said, no theories on Madeline Pryor since I'm no longer reading the X titles and burned Krakoa and Orcus. Hack the planet. Get us a reboot. Oh my
2: God. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> it, no, nostalgia is a poison and you can never go back fully to the mansion um
1: and that story's been told yeah for decades and 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 the the fact of the matter is it's i don't scott i don't know if it's you who said this but like charles needed to evolve his ideology he was no longer about you know being the mansion you know not being yourself, being coy, you know, you had to accept the humans. Now he's evolved to a point where it's like, no, mutant technology and mutant science can give humanity these gifts. In exchange, Mm -hmm. we're going to have our own island. We're going to have our own government. And that's a very powerful way of of approaching his, his dream and his goal. I don't want it to go away, but I do think the world building, some things don't land with me on the world building, the actual world building of Krakoa. So we'll see where it goes, but... I wanted to ask you guys a question. So when you guys were growing up when when did you first get exposed to the X-Men? When 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 did X-Men first enter your your life? It had to be the
3: animated series. I cuz I remember the opening scene Jubilee and her little VCR. I remember <laughs> I remember that so vividly as like I was like what is this? My little gay heart exploded, you know. <laughs>
0: It was also the the animated series, and that was in the 90s. It was near the end of my run as one of the performers in this club. I would perform Friday night and then Saturday morning while my roommates were still asleep. You know, I'm going to try to watch it, but I didn't want to be the nerd. I'm supposed to be the cool girl in the group. And so I would hide the fact that I was watching this. And then when I something happened, I moved back home, and I had the fun of watching the show anytime I want to, including reruns. And it was just so colorful. And, mm-hmm. and they're. I was going to say they're happy. No, they weren't happy, but there was happiness there. And there were joyful moments that even though they were constantly being persecuted, um, but yeah, my and my favorite season is season three. I think I'm already oh, yeah. saying season three is my favorite.
1: <laughs> oh, I love season three so much. And the Leewalds, that's when they really found their stride. They went in and they pitched season three to through five to Marvel. They had outlined everything. It yeah. was it was a pleasure to to witness. Are you guys excited for X-Men ninety seven? Yes, absolutely. I hey <laughs> I don't care if don't it's know. good or bad.
3: It's mutants. It's Marvel. I'm gonna watch it. I'm <laughs> gonna enjoy it. If you know, I if I got myself through Falcon and Winter Soldier, I can.
0: Get <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> I think I'm. I'm a little. I don't know. I'm a little uh, protective of the nostalgia. I kind of. I, I had a moment of. I don't want other people to enjoy it because then I'm gonna be like everybody else. Yeah. I'm trying to also be a part of this group that enjoys all the all of the X-Men. So why shouldn't I be happy? So I'm I'm still not sure. I'm excited that people are gonna enjoy it. I'm a little sad that I'm not gonna be as special. And I'm you're always special. You're
1: always (laughs) gonna be special.
0: I I am gonna be always special.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Jordan your yes. death strike holy yes. shit you're it's <laughs> epic it's so I, i'm sorry he i'm not I, i'm not gonna be able to see it i real in real life it is gorgeous
0: because so so she when i saw the um her version uh in, in um one of the wolverine movies uh and i was like mm. Is that supposed to be her? Because yeah, I remember the X2. Her,
1: the Kelly Yeah, I
0: remember she's completely different. And then there is another one. Uh, um, uh, I think it's a video game version. So mm-hmm. I was just so happy to see in um, the animated series on one of the streaming platforms. And I got to rewatch it. And I remember why. It's because she's heartbroken. Well, partially heartbroken because of Wolverine but uh so there's that the still dealing with my grief the lost love and what do you do you either avenge or you be at peace with it and so i'm making peace with it through cosplay oh my gosh i need therapy
1: no i i, I think you have such a <laughs> that's good that's what gr- cosplay I mean, is yeah I, I think so many people need to talk to someone but you have such a good grasp on yourself and everything it's just it's such a pleasure to hear you speak it really you can talk to your sewing machine i do it works <laughs> great
0: i argue with my sewing machine and my sewing machine wins <laughs>
2: We we were going to ask you earlier uh, to follow up on who is your favorite X Men. Really hard hitting question. Who's your least favorite X Men?
1: Yeah, let's get salty. Uh... Bring out bring out those Deathstrike claws. That's it. We like to be salty here.
2: Yeah, we like to finish up with some salt.
0: Being <laughs> <Green> gray. <gasps> what was that? Who said what?
1: that? Who
0: What's said the- that? <laughs> I take back
1: any compliment I have ever <laughs> given you. <laughs>
0: not her as a person but her in the storyline it's like can we please give somebody else a spotlight so i don't think she's dead i don't think she's dead there's she's no way but um dead.
1: they've already I, announced her return she's coming yeah. back <laughs> well there you go no, see
0: my god yeah, she's can
1: coming we- back can we
0: bring back Dazzler first, at least, or Jubilee? <laughs> somebody else, not Jean Grey. We love her, but somebody else. But I do love her outfit this time at the gallery. Oh, you know, because they it's did... supposed to be
1: a mashup of Beyonce and Rihanna. That's what Dodderman told us on email.
0: Amazing. Oh. Damn it.
1: <laughs> all I could see was that, that cat from the meme wearing like oh, the watermelon. Yeah. The oh, watermelon yeah. Cat. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dylan who posted that. That was hysterical with the with the angry white cat in the background that's Emma. It's like
3: well, shoves. I, I believe one of the queens on drag race, a season or two, wore the helmet with a ponytail. And I was like, I see the main stage up there.
0: <laughs> so who's your least favorite, Colby? Uh, I'd probably
3: say Beast. You know, yes! just, yeah.
0: Why? Because okay. But he's, he's so hairy. Werewolf,
3: the end. That's not a new, unique, like, he's a werewolf, like, oh, but just all the time, genius. like, okay, so oh, he's political. furry, he's a, ab- <laughs> like, I don't know, it just, to me, the character just, there's not enough meat to make me care. Well, aren't
0: they, didn't they, the they throw him work. under the I don't dislike the- him,
3: I just don't care about him,
1: which is almost worse.
0: <laughs> oh, Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it was,
1: for me, the turning point, so Beast started to become annoying to me in Morrison's New X-Men when he pretended to be gay, and his line was, I, I'm so many things, I might as well just be gay. I was like, fuck you, Beast. <laughs> <But> <laughs> funny.
0: When was, rings, you my When I was, you know, you know, know.
1: <laughs> but then it was at the end of ABX where Cyclops was so desperate to repower the X gene and, and Beast just casually comes in and so you're like, oh, you caused so much trouble. All these new mutants now. And Cyclops is like, "What? what do you mean? New mutants? Hank, that's incredible. He goes, yeah, I guess your plan worked. I was like, fuck <laughs> you, Beast. Your best friend <laughs> just saved your species from extinction. And now you're like, you're trading, like, oh, yeah. he's awful. It, what an awful character, but. Well, i'm I with mean, you Colby. and then
2: all the war crimes i mean he's, yeah. he's oh, really, that, yeah, <laughs> i mean that
1: too i mean all, oh yeah I mean yeah, that, all yeah. Crimes. of course
0: that, right <laughs> <laughs> okay fine okay okay so
1: um jordan where can <laughs> folks find you what kind of upcoming projects you
0: have
1: uh we know you're doing the hellfire gala walk tell us everything that's up next for you
0: yeah, um, most immediately up next is I'm going to be Lady Deathstrike at the Uncanny Experience. Ooh, and I'm going to gonna be teaching a class on posing and cosplay. Yeah. And then we're going to do um, a villains photo shoot a couple of hours after that. So people can get to you know, practice their poses. And then uh, they can find me on social media, the girl with a great smile. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I hope to see you folks in the, at LA Comic Con in December.
1: What about you, Colby?
3: Uh yeah, you can find me online, Colby Melvin. It's I know I got real creative here. Uh <laughs> username for pretty much everything. You'll find me pretty much every platform. Uh yeah, I will be at LA Comic Con working on a Wolverine and Sabretooth with my lovely boyfriend todd which we're very excited about we um, have to have todd and, on the yeah. podcast next uh yeah todd well he's somewhere around here yes i <laughs> trust know, me that? if you if you want any knowledge of anything that has ever happened <laughs> to the mutants he knows he knows yes. so you I, know I also won a competition
0: right then he win he did football? he just
3: had his bodybuilding competition last uh weekend and uh he did fantastic he got yeah. a third a fourth and a fifth um, so he's incredibly happy, but even happier that he can get back to eating a little eating. bit more of what he wants and not having to do cardio first thing in the morning. <laughs>
0: yes, <I want> <laughs> I'm all
1: for,
0: I'm all for yes. eating whatever you want <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I just had I just had loaded fries. <laughs> I had oh, like some Italian so um, <laughs> nice. Scott, what do you have upcoming?
2: uh i will also be at the uncanny experience uh as an annoying anxiety ridden mess and as jamie madrox <laughs> so,
1: um and uh the newer comic-con
2: where yes we'll,
1: we'll, we'll be new at york new york comic-con con. that's yeah. gonna be my next con- i can't wait for it we did pitch a panel at new york comic-con let's see if it goes through with a certain Southern Belle, who's a friend on the podcast, Lenore Zan. Um, so let's okay. see where we land with that. And we're really excited. And yeah, once the writer's strike's over, we were talking to some actors, uh, getting them on the podcast. But since we have the actors and the writer writer's strike going on, you know, we're not going to be having them on anytime soon. But um, hopefully great stuff on the horizon. We're really excited for everything. Yeah, We'll be the entertainment in the meantime. Oh, God. <laughs> I love having you. This is... <laughs> I, I, this is why we do Power of X Men is having community conversations like this. And both of you are such big leaders and have such a great presence. We're so grateful it's to have
0: this. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've been welcomed this well, uh, mm. and, and, uh, and in the community. So I really tried my darndest to fit in the anime community. I realized it's not me, but then X Men, it's like, I didn't have to try. I just let myself be
1: yeah, with mm-hmm. uh,
0: other fans then it was like yeah, you're one of us now so yeah,
1: feels yeah great. This- those Sailor Chibi Moon fans over in anime, they can be savage as fuck. <laughs> 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 so, I get it. Don't yeah, ever compare true. Sailor Moon to Cutie Honey on a message board in 1997. You will be eaten alive. You will be 11 years old and eaten oh, alive. There's, there's a lot to unpack in that, Paul. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a we'll lot. see you guys next time. Thank you guys for listening in. Follow our guests. Engage in this community. We're so happy to have had you guys on today.
0: Thanks for having us. Thank you
1: so much.